listening to the PCAST. Each week we take you around Austin Peay, the Athletics Department, sometimes Clarksville, and occasionally the OVC, to give you the full scope of what's unfolding around us. I am Colby Wilson, he is Dylan Schwartz, and here we are mere hours away from heralding the start of the NCAA tournament. The greatest two days of the year, the least productive two days the, Amer- the American workforce enjoys. Except me, I work very hard during these two days, as does Dylan. We'll just go ahead and go with that. We'll just go ahead and we work hard. Dylan, who do you have in the tournament? Uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I had Duke. I don't like Duke at all, but I just don't see another team beating them, especially with now Zion really back uh, in form. I'm just hoping all my Final Four teams stay alive for the first five games because I don't know if you saw it, but I tweeted a brief history of my some of my unfortunate picks in the first day or so. 2015, I had a three-seed Iowa State at the Final Four. They lost in the third game of the tournament to UAB. Um, I think we all remember in 2016, Michigan State losing to MTSU as a, as a two-seed. I had them to win the entire tournament. Uh, yeah. 2017, I had a dark horse Final Four pick, SMU, with Semi Ojalaire now plays for my Celtics. Had them going to the Final Four. Lost to USC in the fifth game of the first day. And then finally, we can all remember last year, not only my bracket was destroyed, but when Virginia lost, obviously, to UMBC and then Michigan State on their Final Four team losing to Syracuse in the second round as, a, as their 11th seed. And also want to shout out Arizona because they've been a lot of the tournament this year. They have really destroyed my happiness in the NCAA tournament brackets the past few years. 2014 and uh, 17 picked them to win the entire tournament, lost. Uh, and then 2015 had them in the f- Final Four, and they didn't make it out of the Elite Eight in any of those. Uh, yeah, my my kryptonite has been Iowa State historically, going back to the Marcus Pfizer, Jamal Tinsley, two seed that lost to Hampton in the first round. I mean, that's you're talking a 20 year history of just missing on Iowa State consistently. I got I have them being bounced in the second round this year. So congrats in advance to Iowa State on your appearance in the Final Four. <laughs> um, not the only. <laughs> national championship going down right now uh collegiate drone racing national championships this is something you brought to my attention the other day i actually saw like a video uh, i I don't know if it's the same thing but it was similar how um individuals would go and race these drones and it is actually very very precise in how they have to navigate the course stuff there's a lot of obstacles and rings like to fly the drones and do i don't know if this is the same sort of thing but I saw a video on it um, a while back, and it kind of reminded me of it when I saw that little uh, tweet that Austin P, um, the Austin P account, sent out about it. Uh, also, the Austin P Ranger Challenge team, the ROTC program, will compete at next month's Sandhurst 2019 at West Point, the world's premier academy-level military skills competition. And two of our own athletes are going to be involved in that, and Wesley Gray and Thomas Porter, the men's cross-country team, they will be involved as well. So looking forward to seeing how that shakes out for the Govs as well as, I guess, the rest. I don't I don't know. You know, I'm not very well-versed in who's – I don't know favorites for the ROTC yeah. program. I, I feel like we should be up there, but I don't know. Looking elsewhere outside of Austin P, a nice little feature this week in The Athletic about Governor's great Tyler Rogers and his twin brother Taylor and their paths through the minor leagues and in professional baseball. Taylor uh, has been up with the Minnesota Twins for a couple of years now. Tyler has been grinding away at AAA, has been a two-time All-Star 
at AAA in the Giants organization, looking, hoping to break camp or at least be one of the first call-ups this year uh, for San Francisco. It, you know, if you got a you got a subscription to the Athletic, it, it'd be a nice little read. I'm not not saying you should start plopping down six dollars a month for it just for this but if you're already a, a subscriber missed that it was a, a good little read and a good little shout out for austin p in the athletic all right let's look back at last week uh here at home I and mean, there's a ton of stuff uh in and around clarksville last week on the baseball diamond a fantastic weekend at raymond c ham park for the gus who swept defending ovc champion tennessee tech surrendering just five runs over three games to one of not just the leagues but the nation's best offenses a year ago i know tech was hit very very hard in the mlb draft after advancing to the super regional and did not they're not bringing back nearly as much firepower with the exception of uh ovc player of the year Kevin Strohshine, but man, five runs over three games. The starting pitchers combined for 17 innings, 27 strikeouts, and no runs. Jacques Pichu, in particular, was stellar, needing just six innings to strike out a career-best 12 in Saturday's second game to give the guys the series win. His line for the season to this point, 3-0 and in five starts with a 0.87 ERA. That is ridiculous. <laughs> 39 strikeouts in 31 innings. I think all of that is good. I'm I'm not the I'm not the expert renowned baseball knower, but that all seems good. The offensive numbers are still not where the guys would like them to be, but indications are that things are picking up after winning four in a row, three against the Golden Eagles, and a road win Tuesday against Western Kentucky. Uh, Garrett Keeper hit 375 and scored five times over the weekend. Uh, he's starting around in the form, and uh, as we you know. The pitching, the pitching has been an embarrassment of riches. I mean, Tyler Thompson, even the the guy who's been taking the hill in the midweeks, uh, another solid outing against the Hilltoppers. And I mean, if you if you go four deep in a college rotation, that that is pretty high quality. On the softball diamond, the Cubs went three and two in their final in season tournament at the Miami Invitational. This is Miami of Ohio. Yes, and I didn't look up why they were called Miami of Ohio last week, and I just now reminded me to do that again after we <laughs> record this. But anyway, they split with Dayton and then split with the host Red Hawks and then got a big win over 2018 Big Ten Tournament semifinalist Michigan State on the final day. All three wins on um, the day, uh, on the tournament belong to Morgan Rackle in the pitching circle, um, and she did them all in complete game affairs. Uh, she shut down Dayton and struck out 23 in 21 innings. Her opponents only hit uh, 178 off her, which is... You know, again, seems pretty good. Yeah, that's it's you'll take those numbers. And she also does it on the offensive side. She drove in a run with an RBI single in the seventh inning to give herself some extra breathing room in the four-one win against Miami of Ohio. And in the tournament finale, uh, Gubs and Spartans tied at two. Um, maybe a little uh, nerves coming in because you're you know playing against a pretty big opponent. But um, Casey Acree singled. Acree. Acree. Casey Acre singled, Rackle reached on a fielder's choice, and then Danielle Learman doubled, and Kelsey Gross um, clubbed a three-run walk-off homer 
to send the Govs back to Clarksville with a win. And Learman, who became the governor's all-time uh, home run leader over the weekend, homered twice in the 8-7 loss to Dayton, and then again in the rematch with the Flyers, which the Govs won. And she has a league-high 11 through 28 games, which, again, very good. And she looks to extend her now career home run record uh, after setting it this weekend. Yeah, she could put that thing out of reach before it's all said and done. On the sand courts out in front of the Dunn Center, Beach Volleyball had a big home weekend, split with Southern Miss on Thursday, including a dynamic 3-2 win against the Golden Eagles in the second match. Huge win for the number five pairing of Nina Corfidge and Caroline Wake, coming back from a first set loss to take the Gus' first point of the second match. Number three pairing of Corey Tice and Haley Turner won a hard-fought 23-21 first set and rebounded from a second set loss to secure the third set win and the point. Jenna Panning and Brooke Moore at number two closed out the win in emphatic fashion, winning 21-19, 17-21, 15-10, with back-to-back aces punctuating the victory. The guys followed that up with a sweep of the Governor's Challenge, taking down Tusculum, Missouri Baptist, and Central Arkansas. The Tice-Turner pairing rallied from down six to secure their win and the team triumph against Missouri Baptist. For the tennis teams, both men and women had great uh, weeks after um, a couple of promising results from the week before. The women now remain unbeaten heading into OVC uh, play this weekend after crushing North Alabama. And the script says, like, the proverbial grape. I uh, found that <laughs> very amusing in terms of the, the, the simile usage there. Crush like grape. And they won 7-0, another shutout win. And they're now 12-0, as I said, and eight of those 12 wins have come via shutout. Seven of the 12 wins have come without the Govs dropping a single set in the singles um, against North Alabama. Really, the, 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 the Lions... You know, on paper, looked to be somewhat of a decent team. They they had lost seven matches, but five of them were to Tennessee and Mississippi State in the SEC, and then one of them was to Middle Tennessee, who have had a very good women's program in the past few years. Um, I don't think decent's going to get it done against the Govs. Yeah, You're going to have to be good. Um, they did uh, beat Jacksonville State, who has had a good start to their season as well. Um, so it, it looked like maybe on paper it could be a, a, a little more challenging, but it did not end up that way. Um, although the Lions did make it somewhat competitive. They they took four sets to 7-5 to at least. That's about – I mean, <laughs> that's what we're getting at. That's how good that's, our team is. That's what we're, that's what we're calling competitive now yeah. is when the other team forces a tiebreaker. Yeah. Well, not even a tiebreaker. They just force the extra – Just force the extra yeah, set, yeah. Force the extra um, uh, game to make, to, make the, to make one of our players win seven games instead of six in a set. I guess that's what we're deeming as competitive now with – with the, the Austin P women's tennis team. Um, shout out to Tatiana Lopez and Hinoka Nakanishi. They have now won eight straight matches at the doubles and have moved up to the number one doubles position as well and have won their past two matches since moving to there. Um, Claudia Nas Garcia, still undefeated in singles. She is 11-0 and in completed singles matches. Uh, Lydia Nas Garcia and Tatiana Lopez each 10-1, and or 11-1, and excuse me. And um, Fabian Schmidt, who was the reigning OVC freshman of the year, is now... Really back into form. Um, she partnered with Danielle Morris, number three doubles. That was the first time the two had ever played together in doubles, and they ended up um, winning in a tie break um, after the Govs already claimed the doubles point, and then she won in single. So it looks like she is rounding into form now, and that's going to be scary for all the other teams in the conference now, seeing basically a star. But basically, you can go down the entire 
list and say all OVC preseason all of it and and you know so you're looking at a situation where like our number four number five would be playing number one for most of the teams yeah. in this league. Uh, for the men, uh, absolutely crushing Martin Methodist as well on Friday at a uh, extra match they added in. Um, got off to a great start in the doubles. Timo Kieslich and Christian Edison winning 6-0 at number two doubles, and then Chad Woodham and Jacob Lorino winning their second straight doubles match together with a 6-1 win at number three doubles. Um, and then, you know, business as usual in the singles at, at home. They've they're, they've won all their matches at home, and they've looked, even, even the ones they've they've dropped at home, they've been very competitive in singles and have just had a couple points, you know, not go their way and really sway or change the tide of the match. Uh, Anton Damberg was the standout performer in singles with a 6-0, 6-0 win at number three singles. He's really rounding into that'll, form. That'll play. Yeah. He's really rounding into form after, you know, maybe a, a, a tough uh, fall in his first, um, you know, experience of, Collegiate tennis, he's now rounding into form and has is holding that number three position um, pretty well. Uh, the match um, was clinched by Christian Edison with a 6-3, 7-6 win. Um, Kieslik also went in straight sets. Um, and Lorino, uh, Jacob Lorino and Almantas Ozelas each came um, in the cl- came through in the clutch, winning in three sets as well. Hunter Sanders picking up another win. Uh, won the first set 6-1, his opponent retired. So you'd like to think he would have went on to win that match anyway, but uh, McGovern's got uh, singles wins from all their players and won every contested match. So a very solid um, outing for the Governors as they also prepare for OVC play. On the links, the women's golf team, the only one in competition this week. Nice showing at the Citrus Challenge, placing fourth. No records were broken this time after shattering all records uh, the previous week in uh, Dade City. But uh, Taylor Dedman continuing a fine early spring form with another top 10 finish, placing ninth. She's got to be, if not the favorite, then certainly on the short list for the uh, freshman of the year in women's golf in this league after two top 10 finishes to open the spring. After last week where we had a lot of talk about, about all these good performances and stuff and we had no honors from from the conference. We have a a, a few this week, and uh, pitching really carried um, the day and the teams uh, for Austin P last week. Morgan Rackle and Jack Pucho. Um, Boy, you butchered the snot out of that <laughs> name. Oh my gosh, you want you want a mulligan on that? Jacques Pichu. Jacques Pichu. Sorry, I'm not French. Or I'm not French either. <laughs> I'm I sound like well, I, do I do I sound like I know my way around anything French? Not particularly. Okay, then. Anyway, they both earned hardware from the league for their performances last week, and pretty much not since Sean Kelly and Natasha Anderson have Austin P had two number ones so dominant on the baseball and softball diamonds at the same time. Um, is, do you think that'd be true? I mean, you obviously have seen more of Austin P baseball and softball than I have. I'd, I mean. say, I'd say that's 100% true, mostly because I wrote it, but also because <laughs> I would say it. Also, shout-out to Maya Perry-Grimes, who won the long and the triple jump at Coastal Carolina, and she was she is now ranked number 20 in the region in both the long and triple jump. Um, so, shout-out to Maya Perry-Grimes as the track and field um, team gets their outdoor season well into gear now. All right, we will take a break after recapping last week, bringing Bailey Shorter of the softball program right after this. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night Till uh. the morning 
parts of last season's transformative Austin Peay softball team. Bailey Shorter is in her second season as a governor uh, in one of the linchpins of the Austin Peay lineup and as the Govs get set to start OVC play this weekend she's consented to come in and listen to me ask dumb questions for half an hour. So Bailey thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. How did you get into softball as a kid? Um, my brother played baseball growing up and my dad played baseball as well. My mom and dad played slow pitch, and our time was always spent at the ball field, so it was kind of in my blood to play softball. What's the biggest misconception about softball as a sport? I would say people think it's easier than baseball because of the pitching, when in reality the pitching is actually harder than baseball is because we have so much more movement on the ball. Um, rather than baseball is just a downward throwing I guess and softball is straight so we can make it go up down east west that kind of thing there's also like you see it during the the uh, college world series where they'll have the 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 trans I guess it's whatever the translator between a, a baseball miles per hour and softball miles per hour and mm -hmm. it's like softball throwing from where you throw with the movement and everything else it's like 102 yes compared to baseball yes and it's it's really a little bit more difficult it is <laughs> so what what why else to pee um when i came on my visit i was like i want to i want a small school i don't want to go anywhere big and when we got here everything said let's go pee and my mom calls me peanut since i was little and so she calls me pee for short and she was like well here's your first sign <laughs> So I saw that, and then we were going around campus, and I saw that everything was really close together, and I was like, well, this feels like home. It's perfect size, perfect distance from home. It's two hours, so I can drive home if I want and come back. Describe the transition from high school to college and the pressure you may or may not have been under as a, as a day one starter from basically the time you walked on campus. Um, I feel like high school ball is a little slower paced than college. I, I mean – um, you're always competing for a spot here. You don't just come in and play. Like in high school, I was starting pitcher every single game or starting infielder. Rather than coming here, I had to earn my spot, whether it was infield or outfield, and I'm in the outfield. So I feel like every day at practice, I'm working for my spot. I'm not just, oh, hey, you're going to play this game. No, I could sit anytime they wanted me to sit if I didn't compete for my spot at practice. Was a bigger part of the, the high school ball the what you would, did in the summer, the work you did in the summer with travel ball? Um, it's still different, but I feel like travel ball and college ball are more faster paced. You definitely have a lot more energy. Things are going quicker. People are faster and stronger, so it's just a big difference overall. Looking wide a little bit, what's next in terms of gender equity across collegiate sports? Um, the men really do get a lot more than the women's sports do, I feel like. Um, so when, I feel... When you say a lot more, do you mean a lot more attention paid or resources or go deep on that? Um, so sometimes in the weight rooms, females get told that they don't need protein shakes. 
when in reality I feel that women need protein because our bodies are constantly changing and evolving and becoming stronger so that's one point another point is they do get a lot more attention I feel like a lot more people go to their events than they do women's because women's aren't as exciting or um, energetic I guess but I feel that softball in my perspective is very exciting it's a lot faster paced than baseball and I don't know it's just I feel like women should be have more attention put on them sometimes than men softball is I know people lump softball and baseball together but mm -hmm. softball is a completely different thing when you think about a game day experience in a game day atmosphere something's always happening mm -hmm. there's always chatter from one dugout or the other yes and it's it's not the, the atmosphere is just totally different, I feel like. It is. It's very different. The teams are constantly cheering for their team or against the other team, and the fans get really into it when the umpires make a really bad call or miss a call. So, Last year, you seemed to be in the right place at the right time a lot in terms of game-winning hits. I know there's some luck to being in those spots, but also the ability to come through in the clutch time and time again, that's a skill, right? Um. I mean, it. my mindset was going up in the box thinking, don't do too much. Just do what needs to be done. And so I would go in there relaxed, not trying to do too much. Um, the big thing is being nervous. I was really nervous in those positions. Cause I was like, oh, I have a runner on third. I have to get her in. But when you're in the box thinking about your your mindset and what you're going to do and what you have to do, it's just like, okay, I d I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to get over with. I'm going to win this game. Let's get it. Let's win. So that was my mindset going in. And after you've done it once, does it make it a little bit easier to do it again? Because you know you've been able to come through that way? It does, um, especially when it's a tie ball game. You're like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? If I strike out right here and I'm the last out, we're going to have to go in another inning. So it's like just get the job done. Really, I mean, it does get easier. The pressure feels less off of you when you're in the box and you've done it before. But you never know when you're going to be put in that situation, so you just have to go for it. In amongst all the honors and accolades and everything else that you got as an individual and you guys got as a team last year, uh, where does being named freshman of the year of the league rank in that? Um, I'm not really sure, but, I mean, when I got the award, I was very shocked. There was another girl who's a really close runner, and her name was Bailey as well. So when they announced it, I was like, dang it, it's either me or her. So um, it was really humbling, and it's a big accomplishment for me because in high school, I didn't get some awards that I thought I would get. And then coming here as a D1 athlete, I got freshman of the year. So it was kind of like, oh, my gosh, I actually, I actually deserved this. So... It was pretty exciting, and the other girl who was another runner was a very is a very good athlete as well. So, two seasons, second head coach in Cassie Stanfield. What's that like to have two head coaches in your first two years? It's very nerve wracking and kind of disappointing because you get so comfortable with one coach and then they leave, and it's just we were all kind of devastated, but. Then sitting at home and thinking about the new coach coming in, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to leave? Are you going to stay? Are you not going to play softball anymore? It's kind of like, I don't know what to do. And so I was talking to my parents, and I prayed about it, and everyone deserves a chance in my opinion. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to give these chances, these coaches a chance and run with it because you never know what they're going to hold. Every coach has a different way of 
the way they run practice or the way you go to weights, but all in all, the way you play the game is the same. So if you go out there with high intensity and high energy and knowing you're going to win every single game and the coaches are there to help you. They're not there to tear you down or anything. They're there to help you. So that was my, that was my thing. These coaches are going to help me become better even though, because some, you know, some coaches, if you stay with the same coach at the same time, you're not going to really grow because they're going to tell you the same thing. So a change is, I think change is good. So that was my opinion coming in. Everyone deserves a chance and they're killing it, obviously. So, and also it kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit because you got to prove yourself all over again. Of to course. A yeah. Brand new set of coaches. Mm-hmm. And for you as the reigning freshman of the year, were you, did, was there any coming into it and being like, well, I've already, I've done this. Look at my numbers. Look what I've done. I've proven it. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like that. But then again, you have to, you have to humble yourself. You just have to be like, okay, I have to do this all over again. Start from the beginning. But I, in the all, I think it's worth it. So. What interests you outside of softball? Um, I like the outdoors. I like boating. I like going tubing and wakeboarding out on the lake. Um, I like horseback riding. I grew up doing that. And I like walking my dog. Walking my dog is one of my favorite things. I love him. (laughs) What's something about the student-athlete experience that the student body at large wouldn't understand? Oh, um, our bodies always hurt. Um, We're always tired. And missing class is really hard when we're on the road. So, I mean, regular students miss class too, but they miss because they don't want to go. Unlike us, we can't miss when we're here because we're on the road so that's a big thing that's fair i never really thought about it that way all right now for the stuff that i didn't show you beforehand okay what is your favorite word uh jizo that's not even a word i know but when i get like really upset or frustrated i'm like jizo dang it <laughs> what's your least favorite word Ooh, moist that's been a popular one Ugh. Who or what inspires you? Um, I'd have to say my dad. He got drafted when he was in college, and um, even though he hurt his arm when he was going to go, um, he's still – it's like he lives through us, through sports. So he always wants us to be the best, and he always gives us confidence and supports us in whatever we do. What's the last book you read for fun? Oh, that's tough. Um – I think it's The Fault in Our Stars. I think I read that book. Did you like it? I loved it. Oh, it was okay. really good. What is your worst habit? Hmm. Biting my nails. What's the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? As a little girl, I went to church camp, and they put me on this tightrope, like, probably 15 feet up. And I had to walk across it with the harness on, and I cried because I wanted to come down because I thought I was going to fall. That was probably the most terrifying situation. Not many people have answered that their most terrifying situation occurred at church camp. (laughs) Wow. That's that's mean. (laughs) What is your idea of happiness? Um... uh, Probably, like, going to the beach and just relaxing. That's my happy place, so... What's your idea of misery? Oh, boy. Being alone forever, I guess. <laughs> what makes you self-conscious? Mm, 
knowing that I failed and having to face it. Explain that. Um, so when I'm wrong, I get really self-conscious because I'm like, oh my gosh, I just embarrassed myself. So like when I strike out, I get really embarrassed because all the fans are looking at you and everyone, you come in the dugout and everyone expects you to get a hit and you come in and you're like, dang it. I just Or Jizo. Yeah, Jizo. I just struck out. So You're in a sport where failure for the very best happens seven out of ten times though. I know. How do you mentally stay up when you're that I don't know I don't want to say hard on yourself, but how do you when when failure is the standard seven out of ten times, how do you stay positive? Um, I try to focus on the good things like the hits that did happen that inning or the strikeouts that our pitchers get. Um and I try to make up for it out in the outfield by making a play. So when I do fail, I just try to not let it bother me externally, but internally it's like eating at me. <laughs> gotcha. What is the most embarrassing song that you love? Oh, um, oh that's a tough one. Embarrassing song. Mm, probably it's by Dolly Parton. Um, I can't remember the name of it, though. You want to sing a line or two of it, and I'll try to guess? Ah, uh, I think it's 9 to 5. I think that's the name oh, of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why are you embarrassed by that? Because it's old, and everyone's like, you listen to this? So. <laughs> Look, I, I'm not going to hear any Dolly Parton slander on this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> How would you prefer to die? Um, quickly, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Ooh, a giraffe. A giraffe? Yes. Why a giraffe? Because I'm, I'm short, and they're really tall, and they can see everything, and they're very graceful, so, yeah. Somebody who was in here about a month ago was saying how giraffes are... Th- somehow we got on giraffes, <laughs> and they were talking about how they're the most clumsy animals. They can be. I guess they can be. But when they walk, they're really graceful. What might prompt you to lie? Mm, I don't know. Look, I got an honest answer from Zach Glotta out of this. If <laughs> I can get it from Zach Glotta, you've got a reason to lie, too. Um, I guess if I know I'm going to be caught, like if I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing, and my mom's like, what are you doing? I'd be like, oh, nothing. <laughs> not doing anything. <laughs> what makes you hopeful? I've had many family members, um, this is really sappy, but I've had family members come out of cancer, so that makes me hopeful, like, they still have another chance at life, you know, God brought them out of that struggle, and, um, there's always hope at the end of the tunnel, I think. What is our purpose in life? Our purpose? I think it's to help others. Um, there's always someone out there that's less fortunate than you, and you can always help them in a positive way, so I think that's mine. It's a good one. So, you're a sophomore. You got not only this season, but two more, plus, you know, the rest of your life ahead of you. What What are your short-term and long-term goals? Um, short-term, probably. Um, short-term, I want to go out and travel before like things get really serious in my life so after softball that's my plan is to go travel places I've never been um long-term goals I don't know to 
just succeed, I guess. Um, there's people out there that don't have that choice to succeed. So, I mean, they can, but they can't because, I mean, money runs this world, obviously. And that's the sad part. Um, so, I guess becoming a mom is a long-term goal. Um, having a husband. Mm. It's interesting you frame mm-hmm. success as a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that people sometimes don't get to make that choice. Do you feel like the opportunity here to be a Division One athlete, to have school paid for, to get a degree, gives you every tool you'll need to make that choice? I think so. I mean, it's up to you to make the grades and succeed. So um, that is a struggle, though. I mean, making the grades is hard because you're obviously not here. You have practice. You have weights. Um, and those who don't get to go to college, that stinks. Like, that really, really stinks. And that's what I want to do. I want to help people that can't go to school help go to school eventually, you know? What's your What's your major? Psychology. And Okay, how do you want to do that? Um, like I said, money runs this world. So I want to donate. I want to, like, put some money back to help kids that aren't fortunate enough to go to college and help them go to school. So... I'll have a fund that says either um, less fortunate or those in need, and I'll put some of my paycheck into that account, and I will help kids, if I'm fortunate enough to do this, help those kids that can't go to college go to school. So that's my plan. So you're kind of big into helping. I am. (laughs) Well, that's the world needs people like that. I mean, that's that's a great goal to have and a great ambition to have as well. Bailey, thanks for coming in today. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day to join me. Thank you. Big thanks to Bailey Shorter for joining us this week. Uh, another fascinating member of our Austin Peace softball program that's doing big things out on the diamond. Get over to see them whenever they get back in town starting, I believe, next weekend. As we look ahead to this week, only one sport hosting this weekend. So, Dylan, let's go ahead and lead off with them. Yeah, men's women's tennis getting their OVC slate underway. Both taking on Tennessee State on Saturday, the women first at 10 a.m. And the men at approximately 2 p.m. based on when the women's match finishes. And, well, historically, neither of the Tigers' two tennis teams have been particularly good. I mean, that's just the honest truth. But they have considerably become more competitive in recent years and can't really be slept on as the Govs Open Conference play. Um, last season, especially on the women's side, um, they defeated SIUE on the road and picked up a number of points against pretty solid teams. Um, they were only 7-0 by one other team, and um, they took Jacksonville State and Murray State, who reached the OVC semifinals and l- lost to the Govs, um, took them to 4-3 score lines, took a point off the OVC champions, Eastern Kentucky, the now defunct Eastern Kentucky. Poor little out for EKU tennis. But so it might be a little more, a little more competitive. Um, you know, Tennessee State really coming on. 
Um, the men's tennis um, also picked up a makeup non-conference tilt against North Alabama next Tuesday, and that is their final non-conference match of the regular season. So both the both the men and the women were supposed to play them, I think, back even in February. Got canceled. The women obviously made it up, crushed North Alabama. Hopefully the men can can repeat that performance and look for their first, first road win of the season. Baseball teams on the road for three in Cape Girardeau when they take on Southeast Missouri this weekend. Up and down the lineup, SEMO enters the weekend as a solid hitting squad. That said, Tennessee Tech, you could say the same about them before the governor's pitchers got a hold of them last weekend, and we all saw how that turned out. The last time against the Red Hawks in Cape Girardeau, friend of the pod, Brett Newberg, got the win in the series finale to help the Govs avoid the sweep. Uh, baseball, the only other home event on the horizon, hosting Middle Tennessee next week and a non-conference tilt against Murray State on Wednesday, Middle on Tuesday, Murray in a non-conference game on I'm Wednesday. I'm pretty sure that's right. I remember looking at the schedule. It like, is. Why they is they picked the- up. We've, we do that every so often, proximity being what it is. It's convenient to pick up midweek against Murray or UT Martin if the schedules align and everything else. First pitch for both of those is scheduled for 6 p.m. out at uh, Maynard Field at Raymond C. Ham Park. And the other ball and bat sport around here, softball also opens league play with a road trip to Edwardsville and Charleston, facing SIUE and EIU in the first OVC weekend of 2019. Uh, Looking at the opponents, in particular SIUE, because this is kind of interesting to me, they should come and refresh because they had a week-long stay in Hawaii where the Cougars played nine games, including contests against fourth-ranked Alabama. So, As spring break trips go, which I assume that was, that's yeah. that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, I can remember being in, in Lebanon, Tennessee on a Wednesday and running up and down the soccer field for what seems like an eternity. So, just, just in general, or was that how you spent spring break? Oh, no, that, that was... In in general, pretty much, because we were, we had to. There was only a lim- there was only a limited amount of time we could do anything on spring break. So, um, and obviously the coaches know that you're gonna you know maybe take a little bit off in terms of time. So always the week after spring break, it's gonna be a lot harder in terms of the training and the the running load that they put on you. So we all kind of knew we had to at least do something and that was how spring break kind of went in, in in college most of the time but uh, last season the Govs swept all four at home against SIUE and EIU including a Morgan Reichel no hitter of the Panthers and a Kelly Mardona shutout of the Cougars um, that is now uh, Reichel's actually added a no hitter now she's got two career no hitters now so uh, hopefully she can make it three Beach is back on the grind in Florida for the FSU Invitational. I'm not sure you can really say back on the grind in sunny Florida this time of year. But anyway, uh, the Govs will play Stetson, Florida State, and Arizona in an absolutely stacked tournament. I mean, Beach is still in its relative infancy when it comes to the NCAA, but those are three of the heaviest of heavy hitters when it comes to beach volleyball across the nation. Are those uh, conference opponents, by the way, or any no. of them? No. So we're just going to go and – See how we stack up against some some heavy hitters, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, track and field returns from a well-deserved week off for the Vanderbilt Black and Gold, usually one of the stronger stops on the Austin P schedule, and is habitually either the first beautiful day of spring or the last cold, windy, miserable death rattle of winter. Very eloquent writing there done by, by Colby. Um, 
and and last year it was was the second one, by the way. If 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 you're wondering, and it sucked. I'm last gonna, year was yeah. miserable. And I'm gonna guess it's probably gonna. Well, looking at the weather forecast, it might be better, but you never know. It's gonna be better than last year. Last year it spit rain for nine hours and was 41 degrees. Last year Savannah Amato uh, won won the pole vault. Sabrina Richmond and Amelia, ooh, testing testing. Really? Mm-hmm. Where's the eye? No. <laughs> look, look, German dude, just. It's testing. <laughs> anyway, both of them won 400-meter heats, and otherwise it was business as usual for the Gov. So, um, as you know, they had a good showing at Coastal Carolina two weeks ago in their, in their opening meet in the outdoor season. So, um, with maybe a stronger field, you know, see how the, how the Gov stack up. If you're looking for community service opportunities, Haley Jacoby is who you should call. Mana Cafe, Buddy Ball, and Burt Elementary are usual stops. Weekly opportunities abound there. Two things of note for April 6th. The big event, the yearly campus service initiative, which we've been telling you about for seems like months now. Uh, you should know all about it. You should probably already have locked in what you're going to do, but if you need some community service, there's that's always a great opportunity to get some hours in and also there's a father-daughter date night at the wilma rudolph event center on april 6th i'm not really sure what it is they're looking for in terms of help so y'all just holler at haley and she'll get you squared away jock and roll is march 25th that is 8 p.m at the clement auditorium and also an etiquette dinner april 4th at the uc ballroom only 25 seats available ryan combs once again is your contact point for that and pretty much everything Get in touch and stay in touch via web and social media. Dylan, where do people go to find us on the social medias? kind of feel like I'm beating a, the same drum here for a while, but it's letsgop.com. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, also at letsgop. And you can follow every single team on the respective Twitter handles, uh, letsgop, with baseball um, and softball, especially getting underway now, as well as uh, all the, the spring sports, hopefully getting getting outdoor and stuff like that. Shout out to Taylor Wiseman and Tyler Davis with all the content that will be coming out on our social media platforms. Yeah, don't forget spring football as well coming out. That's a big, big thing, big time of year for that as well. Let's go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Dylan, Cody Bush, Stefan Nolay, and myself, we are striving each and every day to give you something new, interesting, and different over at Let's Go P.com. And if you need tickets, go visit Katie Locke and Sydney Hooper in the ticket office. Probably not as useful for this week as we only have you know, two home events and you don't need tickets to, to go watch some, some tennis matches. Um, but you should contact them all the same because they love hearing from people. And uh, one thing to note that I forgot to add about the tennis matches, actually, um, in bet- after the women's tennis match and before the men's tennis match, they will also be hosting a little um, grill or, or barbecue grill. So if you're in town to, to watch the matches, you can go and, and, and pick up a, a burger or something like that to, and, and enjoy the tennis matches on what seems to be a good weather day, although that remains to be seen. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating and review, and if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out, or just drag me for sounding like a fancy hillbilly. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at Dylan Schwartz, which spell it like you would assume it would be spelled, and we'll talk to and or about you next week. Goodbye. from isn't all that great my automobile is a piece of crap my fashion
Russian senses a little whack And my friends are just as screwy as me I didn't go to boarding schools Preppy girls never looked at me Why should they? I 